strongholds. <laughs> um, you know, God never wanted us to be um, bound by anything or, or for the enemy to have any place in our lives whatsoever. And so, and he has set up some things um, to make us aware of how the enemy works so that we don't have to deal with those strongholds. Amen? Hallelujah. So 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9 says, stay alert. No sleeping on the job. <laughs> Stay alert. Didn't he scold the disciples for falling asleep? They're supposed to be keeping watch for him, uh, maybe even praying for him, interceding for him as he went away to seek the Lord. And he comes back and he scolds them for not staying alert. And so he tells us, 1 Peter 5, 8, Stay alert and of a sober mind. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of uh, believers all over the world are going through some, um, the same kind of suffering as you are. In other words, they too are being tempted, tested, and tried. You're not the only one. We've all gone through different things, maybe in different areas. But the enemy is trying and he's seeking who he may devour. Let me just say this. like He can't just go and devour anybody. He can't just go and fully, you know, have permission to attack anybody. It's the ones, that's why he's testing. He's like a roaring lion, seeking, testing, prodding to see who's going to give in to his temptation, to see uh, who's going to give in to his threats and get into fear or whatever it might be, to see if he can get them alone, get them cornered, um, get them to be that weak link that he can devour. I, d I was thinking about that because God says, this is how the enemy is. He's like a lion. And so I was like, what is a lion like? And so I looked it up, <laughs> and I'm um, just kind of looking a little bit about lions. And lions are fierce predators that often stalk their prey before they attack. They watch them. They uh, watch their behaviors. They watch um, what time of day they sleep, what time of day they eat. They watch how they work and, and, and when they're around other, others so that, you know, they're stronger or when they're alone and, and on their own and minding their own business. So the enemy um, is like a lion. He watches his prey. He watches and sees who is in a place of vulnerability, who he may devour. And so before their attack, they watch their prey. Um, their attack causes the prey um, to disperse or to, to panic, and that allows the lion to isolate or attack the weaker individuals. And so with that, I was thinking about the enemy. You know, he, he throws out a lot of threats. You know, we're, we're in the middle of a big threat right now, and, and especially last year before, you know, everybody knew what was really going on. Um, you know, I, I understand there's, there's sickness and, and, and things in this earth. Obviously, that's coming from the enemy anyways. We know the source. But regardless, you know, he throws out these, these smoke screens or these attacks, these lies or these deceptions, and he's seeking who's going who's gonna, to uh, take hold of my bait. Who's, who is it that I can devour? Who's going to take my bait? And 
it disperses, it causes the, the men, a separation of the men from the boys. <laughs> it causes a separation of those who are weak or those who are strong. It causes, a, you know, when he throws out an attack or a temptation, he sees who's going to take that bait, who's going to give in to those thoughts, who's going to give in to those fears, who's going to give in to those temptations or the, the things of the flesh, whatever it might be, he throws these things out and some grab hold of it and then he knows... There's one of them. There's one of my prey. And, um, you know, the enemy doesn't always have permission. He can throw out an attack like that, you know, and see who will take the bait. But then he doesn't have permission until you take the bait to truly devour or, or, or try to devour or attack. Um, you know, and so sometimes we have those questions in our heads like, how could bad things happen to good people? Well, sometimes if you're not aware and you're in, a, you know, some people are in a sheepfold or, or sheep are in a sheepfold and a lion comes, you know, if they're not aware that there's a lion, they can be attacked. If they're not with others and, and, and built up and strong, they can be attacked. If they separate themselves and they're out of the sheepfold and outside of the barrier where they can be watched, they can be attacked, even though they're good people, even though... They love the Lord. You know, it doesn't mean that God's not looking out for them. God gives us warnings like this in his word on how the enemy works. And, you know, we don't like to see there are Christians, there are believers who have strongholds, who have bondages, and it's just simply because either destroyed for a lack of knowledge or just not listening to the knowledge. <laughs> because, I mean, this is a very common verse, but if you really sit and meditate on it and study it, God has laid it out for us. There should be no reason why the enemy should have a stronghold in our lives if we would watch out and see how he works. God's warning us here. First comes the temptation. First comes the bait. Who's going to take it? And then those who take it, he finds you as that weakling, that prey, and he goes after the kill. Now, thank God that, that um, you know, you know if, we, if we go after it and, and, and we're tempted and, and we fall, that we have a merciful God who can forgive us and cleanse us. And, and, and you know, we have the blood of Jesus and all that, but sometimes, you know, we get ourselves in a little deep before we have to dig our way out, we have before we have to dig our way out or deal with consequences or whatever the case might be. But what, you know, thank you, Lord, that He's given us the keys of the kingdom, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But sometimes, if we don't realize how the enemy works, we give place to the enemy. Then suddenly, we have a stronghold that it's hard to get rid of. It's hard to shake loose. And God does not want us to deal with any of that stuff. So He teaches us about how this enemy works. He is like a lion, and first he lurks, and he watches to see those behaviors, see those who don't uh, assembly themselves, see those who don't read the word, and see those who don't build themselves up, you know, praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm pretty sure, you know, I know that there's target on, on um, the backs of believers that are strong in the Lord, but at the same time, um, it's from a distance, <laughs> you know, at the same time, he doesn't want to be near someone who knows who they are in Christ Jesus, because you can cause more bruising, <laughs> you can cause more hurt to him. Um, so we don't want to be around the lion. We don't want to give him place. So God says, watch and pray. Watch out. 
Because this is how the enemy works. He's like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So what are you supposed to do? He says, stand firm in your faith. Stand firm against him. Don't give in to that bait. So God's warning us of the enemy and the way he works and how he attacks people. He says us, for us to watch out. Stand strong. Resist him. Give him no place. Give him no opportunity to attack. And I think that's something we need to, to not get into fear about, but realize it's people who give the enemy permission to attack. You know, I know that there's uh, kind of somewhat normal things. I think everything good and everything perfect comes down from the Father above. So if it's opposite of that, you know, it, the source of it is the enemy. But, but there are things that happen in life like a car accident or um, a, a cold or, or whatever. You know, it doesn't mean like, oh, they're, you know, they must be given place. It's, it's not always that's the case, but I'm just saying if you don't want a true stronghold of the enemy that you can't get loose from, we need to learn the enemy's schemes and how he works so that he doesn't even get close enough to grab hold of you. Amen? Yeah. In James 4, 7, he tells us, the Lord tells us, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. So don't give in to those tactics. Don't give in to those tactics of fear. Some of us had to shake loose of, of feelings of fear when all of this stuff went all over the news and all this stuff. You know, I mean, some of it we, we gave an inch to. And it took us a long time to get that back. Because if, if you give the enemy an inch, what does he do? He'll take a mile. <laughs> If you leave that door cracked open to fear or doubt or unbelief or whatever it might be, just a little bit, what does he do? He likes to kick that door in and just barge his way in. And so then it becomes harder to resist, harder to, to cause him to flee from you. So God says, give no place to the enemy. Don't give him an inch. In fact, when you see him lurking around, make sure that you resist him and he will flee from you. So God's given us a heads up. He's given us a heads up so that we can't claim ignorance. <laughs> He's telling us how he works. He's telling us how the enemy works so that we aren't destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So it says, stay alert and be aware of how he works. Be aware of his schemes. Resist his temptations. Don't give in. Um, those can be different for everybody. You know, it could, some, for some it could be gossip. For some it could be fear. You know, I know some friends who are very fearful of a lot of things. Um, some are very prone to gossip. And I'm like, don't. No. Not listening. You know, there's something different for everybody. And that's what the enemy does is he's lurking. He's prowling. He's seen where is that weakness so that that's the area he tries to tempt you in to try to get you into fear or try to get you to stumble and to fall. And so, you know, that's what he's talking about, lurking. He's like a lurking lion seeking who he may devour. He's seeking to find out what buttons to push, that what bait you'll take to where he then has permission when you take that bait. That's the thing we need to realize is he then has permission when we give in to his scheme to grab a hold of you. 
to get a stronghold. And he's not, he's going to be like a pit bull. He's not going to let go willingly. You're going to have to put up a fight. You're going to have to resist. I've, I've had times in my life where I gave place to, to fear or to worry concerning certain things. And when I gave place, I mean, I tell you, had I resisted in the first place, it would be a whole lot easier than what I had to do for, i probably say, a few months, probably 60 times a day, I had to cast some thoughts down. Like 60 times a day. And then finally, one day, as I persisted, one day it just vanished, that, that thought, that worry, that fear. It vanished from me because of my persistence. But had I not given it a stronghold, given it a foothold, it would have been a whole lot easier. God doesn't want us to go through that toil. So he tells us how the enemy works. As soon as he comes in with the thought, the fear, the, the doubt, the unbelief, the, you know, the temptation to gossip, the temptation to do this or that, whatever it is in your life, resist it. Don't give it a second thought or you're giving him a foothold. You're giving him place. And that's what Ephesians 4.27 says, give no place or no foothold to the enemy. Um, we're going to read Ephesians 4, 22 through 31, actually, because right before that scripture where God says, no, give no place to the enemy, God gives a whole big long list of things that give place to the enemy. It's, it's, it's pretty much, don't do anything that's displeasing to God or you're giving the enemy a foothold. So become familiar with what displeases God so that you're careful not to give the enemy place. Amen. Ephesians 4, starting with verse 22, he says, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of, way of life. So stop living the way you used to live before you're a believer, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So you want to be aware of thoughts and attitudes. Those are areas of temptation that the enemy may try to attack you with. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So if Jesus wouldn't do it, we shouldn't be doing it either. If Jesus wouldn't think it, we shouldn't be thinking it either. We now have a nature of Christ Jesus, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Um, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all a part of the same body. Don't sin. God's not all about the white, little white lies. He doesn't like that. You know, and, and when you, once you lie once... You're kind of prone to do it again and again and again. It just kind of becomes a common thing. God does not like lying. He Actually, he says liars have their place in the pit. He doesn't like lying at all because the enemy is the father of lies. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Some people don't think that's a sin. They, they're, oh, I'm not, you know, lusting. I'm not having an affair. I'm not drinking. I'm not this or that. But yet they get enraged. And, and that is a sin to God. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives the devil a foothold. So God's warning here, um, just because it's not in the Ten Commandments, is still very displeasing to God, and even that gives the enemy a foothold. You know, he actually says, be angry and sin not. So you can have righteous anger, like Jesus was upset because they were, you know, trading and buying and selling within the temple, and he got angry. He got upset. But that was righteous anger. 
Um, that wasn't him giving the enemy a foothold. So you can be upset that someone's not living for God or, or you know, something's, you know, not right in the house of God or in, you know, as far as things of the Lord go. Or you can just be irate and just treating others badly and not walking in love. And that's totally different. So don't give the enemy a foothold. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good and hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Some people need to put a guard on their mouth. You know, if you slam that hammer to your nail, the wrong nail, <laughs> what's going to come out of your mouth, you know? Yes, praises to Jesus. <laughs> and not using the Lord's name in vain, right? Because... You know, so we need to have, sometimes we need to, things that we have kind of put up with, God's not approving of. And sometimes we have things in our lives, and I'm not telling you to like get um, necessarily ultra-religious here, but the thing is, is if Jesus was sitting there right there on the couch with you, would you be watching that? You know, just chilling out watching people drink. You know, just chilling out watching people uh, blaspheme God and using the Lord's name in vain or whatever. I'm just saying, like, we got to think about this. God says you have a new way of living and it's to be righteous and holy. Why? Because he's trying to steal our fun? No. Because he says give the enemy no foothold. Because when we do things that are displeasing to God at all, I'm talking like guard your mouth, mouth, guard your eyes, guard your ears, guard your heart. Watch out what your hands are doing. Watch where your feet are going. What are you taking part in? you got to be careful because there's things that are displeasing to God and it gives the enemy a foothold. There's a word in the word, in the word of God. I don't have the scripture. It's just coming out of my spirit. He says bad company corrupts good manners. Now, in that situation, it doesn't even mean that you're taking place in the sin that they're doing. But if you make it a habit to make them your company, it will end up corrupting you. Why? Because there's an evil spirit that's lurking, seeking who he may devour. And you have set yourself apart from the sheepfold, and you're not a majority or a minority in that situation. You become the weakling, the prey. So we need to understand the way the enemy works. God's trying to protect his people. There's a reason he has a shepherd over a flock. There's a reason why there's a sheepfold. There's a reason why there's assembling together. Because there's strength in numbers. There's strength in the building up of the body of Christ together and coming to encourage one another in the Lord. And sometimes, you know, when we get corrected, it's not fun, right? Whether it's through a message or through another brother or sister in the Lord. But guess what? It protects you from further hurt. And so, so God may tell somebody something to say something, and I've been corrected before, and I didn't like it. I probably got irritated with the person or whatever. I remember when I was young, um, I was in a service. I was maybe 10, 11 years old. Um, I don't know if you know the story, but I was at a Benny Hinn service, and this man came up to me, and he was wearing all white, and the Lord ended up showing me later that he was an angel, but this man came up to me, and he came up to me, and he told me, keep yourself pure before the Lord because he's going to use you, and oh, I was enraged. <laughs> I was upset about it because it really just, 
I didn't like it. It just bothered me. And sometimes we don't like it when God corrects us in love. We don't like it. And not that I was doing anything at that age, but I'm just saying, like, we don't necessarily love being corrected, but it's out of love. It will bring good fruit. Amen. It will encourage you. It will build you up and make you stronger so that when you face certain things, you'll remember that, that word. You'll remember that encouragement. Amen. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good and hard work. Give generously to others. Don't use abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So God doesn't like it when parents put their kids down all the time. That's displeasing to God when they degrade their children and tell them they're not going to amount to anything or whatever. That's not love. Love corrects in love. <laughs> love builds up and love encourages. You know, so there's things that are displeasing to God that we don't realize gives the enemy a foothold. It may not be listed in the Ten Commandments, but we need to read the scriptures and find out what is displeasing to God. And he's given this whole list of things that aren't in the Ten Commandments. That these kinds of things shouldn't be as a believer. Because why? Because they give the enemy a foothold. It gives the enemy permission to get a hold of you, and then you have a stronghold. And God doesn't want it for your life. So get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Period. <laughs> get rid of it. It's no good. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ Jesus has forgiven you. It's not going to do them any good to hold anger against them if they've done you wrong. And it's not going to do you any good either to hold a grudge. It's going to give the enemy a hold. And so God is just really talking to me about this. He's like, he doesn't want us to be in the snare of the enemy. He doesn't want us to, to have the enemy have a grip on us. And us to be going through such a hard time, always trying to resist, resist. The thing is, we need to realize it's easier to resist when he never got a hold. After he gets a hold, you still can get free because there's power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. And we've been given the keys and the authority. But it is harder to get away. <laughs> and some of you probably can attest to that. It's harder to get away when things have a hold of you. But God still can set you free. Amen. Matthew 26, 41. So he says, watch and pray. Why? Like, keep an eye out. It sounds like 1 Peter 5, 8. Keep an eye out. Watch and pray. Why? So that you will not fall into temptation. So that you will not take the bait. Watch and pray. Watch what the enemy's up to. And don't give permission. Recently, the enemy, or not the enemy, um, the Lord, there, there can be dreams from the enemy, but the Lord gave Clayton and I dreams. Same night. Well, I had one, and then the next night we both had a spiritual dream. And they were both about attacks of the enemy. And God gave us so much insight to watch and pray. God gave him a heads up about this accident, but I believe because we knew ahead of time to pray, there was no scratch on him. Amen. Not a scratch. Except for the car. 
A little scratch, but there's a reason. God wants us to watch and pray. It's to protect us from the enemy's snare. It's to keep us from harm. Why? Because he loves us. God loves us so much that he gives us this big, long list of things. These are the things that displease me. So that means if you do these things, you're outside of my will, which means you're outside of the gate. You're outside of the shelter of the Most High. And you're like that sheep outside of the gate, outside of the shepherd's watch. And you're more likely to get attacked. You're more likely to be, when you're separated, to be that prey, that weak link that he can grab hold of. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that he gives us warnings and weapons to defeat the enemy. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Hallelujah. We've been given authority in the name of Jesus that at, every, at the name of Jesus every knee has to bow, every tongue will confess. We've been given the keys of the kingdom to bind the enemy. And that's what these dreams are about. God was showing us to bind the enemy. He's up to something. So we did. Thank you, Jesus. He gives us keys. And our, our weapons are not carnal. We're not going to get out swords and guns and spears because we've been warned about the enemy coming, watching out the window with our guns. <laughs> That's not what he's talking about. He, we fight a spiritual battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There's power in prayer, people. When we come together and pray in agreement and we bind the enemy and we loose the angels, things happen. People are protected. The enemy is defeated. Hallelujah. In Matthew 16, 19, he says, he gives us the keys of the kingdom. Any two of you will bind anything on earth. It will be bound in heaven. You loosen anything on earth. It will be loosed in heaven. A lot of times when, um, and actually one of the dreams that I had, the second one, which I didn't tell you, Carol, about, to, to, but one of the dreams I had, I had acted on already, but um, something had a hold of me. I'll say someone had a hold of me. And I was in the church, and I was at the back of uh, my office, and um, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but anyways, so I was in my back office, and somebody was back there, nobody in this church, with this other person, one I didn't know, one I didn't know. And they were cursing. They were reading curses off. And, uh, you know, that could be a number of things. That, I mean, I knew in, in the spirit, I knew it was witchcraft. I knew these were curses. Because when sometimes you just know things after you wake up. And when I come, I was so upset. This is that righteous anger. I was so mad they were in my office. They were coming into my territory, treading in a place they didn't belong, and I commanded them, get out. But when they left my office, one of them grabbed a hold of me. 
And sometimes when things try to attack us and we try to get rid of it ourselves, sometimes we feel like it didn't work, like we're still dealing with it. So sometimes we need a brother or sister in the Lord to come together and any two of you binding anything on earth will be bound in heaven. And so there's power in numbers and agreement of prayer. Any two of you asking anything, it will be done of our Father which is in heaven. So I had even done that before and I had, you know, reached out to Carol to, to let the prayer team know. And, um, but in this dream, it was really interesting. My sister Julie in the dream walked past me as I had this person had a hold of me and, and she was looking demonic, you know, like something had taken over and she had a hold of me and my sister passed by, but she didn't see it. She did. And the, sometimes people don't know what you're going through. Sometimes you can be being attacked right in the middle of it. And if you don't pray, you don't ask for prayer of agreement, they, we don't know what you're going through. Expose the enemy and get a prayer of agreement. And so this thing had a hold of me, this person or whatever, and my sister walked by, didn't know until I asked her to help me in a way. <laughs> and she came over and what she did, she, you know, she wasn't binding the enemy because in the dream, God, God you know, relays what happened really later on. But in the dream, she physically, because I couldn't get free myself. And so God shows us through dreams sometimes what we need to be doing in the spiritual sense. In that, in that dream, God was asked, showing me, get a prayer of agreement concerning this thing. And get this stronghold or this, this attack off your life. You know? There's power in prayer. Amen? And so I'm just, I'm just praising the Lord for the weapons of our warfare. I'm praising the Lord for these keys of the kingdom. It's a key to be free. Binding the enemy and coming together in prayer. That's why it's so exciting that we're going to have corporate prayer. Or it's so awesome that we have a prayer team. If you ever need prayer for anything, make sure to let that be known to the team so that we can cover it in prayer. Um, Ephesians 6.12, you know, I mentioned it already, but it says we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Even though in the dream, God relays us to a in a language that we can understand, in the dream, it was flesh and blood. But I knew that I knew when I woke up it had nothing to do with flesh and blood. And, and it's not like I'm at battle with, with a person whatsoever, so, so don't take it wrong. It was just strictly this is an attack of the enemy that the enemy is plotting or the enemy is planning. Take authority over it. Get the prayer of believers in agreement with you and take authority over it, and the enemy will have to, you know, stop his plan. So it was a heads up on the enemy's plan. So... We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, against, but we're fighting against rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. People, this stuff is real. It's not a small thing when you give in to temptation. It's not a small thing to partake in, in pointless deeds of evil. It's not a small thing when you, you give in to the flesh. It's not a small thing when you do the things that your old nature did before you were saved. It's not a small thing. Why? Because it gives place to the enemy to work and get strongholds in your life. Then it's hard to get free from. 
then you have to humble yourself. And you have to turn from that thing. You have to repent. Don't give the enemy a foothold. We fight against the spirit, the things of the spirit. We're fooling ourselves if we think that we can partake in in anything that's displeasing to God and, and we're getting away with anything. First of all, God sees. He knows when you stand up. He knows when you sit down. But that's not enough. That, there's not enough fear of God and people for that to be enough. Because there's so many believers that are still living that life. So, yes, they need the fear of God. But we need to realize and, and not fool ourselves into thinking that these things are okay because really what you're doing is you're getting outside of that sheepfold or you're getting outside of the watch of the shepherd or you're getting outside of the will of God. And when you're outside of the will of God, you're outside of the fence. You're outside of the shelter of the Most High. We know what Psalms 91 says, but we're going to say it anyways. <laughs> Let's turn there. How many of you here want protection? Yeah, of course. We don't want to be sick. We don't want to be in pain. We don't want to deal with the enemy. You know, you know meaning like we don't want a stronghold. So God, God tells us how good we could have it if we just stay within what's pleasing to him. This is how it would be. See, it's not an automatic you give place to the enemy, he says that gives him a foothold. That gives him permission to get strongholds. That gives him permission to, to, to attack your family. That gives him permission to do all kinds of stuff that ugh, is a headache to deal with. You can get free, but it's a headache to deal with. Or you can live in the shelter of the Most High. Or you can live in the peace and the presence of God and the protection of God. By living and doing what's pleasing to him. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. See, when we do things to displease God, we actually step outside of God's house. Because nothing displeasing to God is in his house. So when we step outside of God's house, he can't protect us the way he would love to. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. No more fighting. No more headache about dealing with this thing or that thing really having a hold of you. This I declare about the Lord. See, David had it one way and he had it the other. (laughs) And he liked the shelter. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers and he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness or the disaster that strikes in the midday. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch touch you. But here, let's put a pause right there. In a way that sounds contrary to these things coming against you, to the enemy coming against you. 
But the thing is, is God goes through that whole list of anything he says that's displeasing to me. Any kind of evil, he said, gives the enemy a foothold. So in that case, this becomes not true to you. But when you're in the shelter, this becomes true to you. When you're living within the confines of pleasing God, you are protected. The enemy can try things, but he is not going to have the victory. Amen? Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes, watch, and pray. <laughs> and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. They will call upon me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue you and honor, I will honor them and I will reward them with long life. I will show them my salvation. Something that sticks out to me here is, John, um, is him saying, those who love me. Those who love me, I'll protect them. Those who love me, and in John 14, 21, he says, those who love me, keep my commands. That's staying in the shelter. That's staying in the house of the Most High God. And if you're in God's house, not talking like the physical church, but you're in the presence of God, you're staying in the presence, what, is, what divides us from the presence of God? Sin. What divided Adam and Eve from the presence of God? Sin. And where were they tacked when they sinned? And so God's saying, stay in the shelter. Keep loving me. Keep doing what pleases me. Keep doing my commands, and you'll be protected. God doesn't want us to disobey because he doesn't want the enemy to get a stronghold upon us. He doesn't want us to deal with heartache and heartbreak. He doesn't want any of that for his children because he's a good father. That's why he says in Joshua 24, 15, I like this, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you read through it, it's interesting. He says, choose this day who you will serve. And depending on the, the passage, or depending on the version you're reading, basically he's saying, he goes on to say, if you're not choosing God, if you're not choosing to serve the Lord, then which God are you really choosing to serve? <laughs> Think about it this way. If that day, we'll say tomorrow, you're tempted. Tomorrow, um, you're tempted to, to, to lie. Tomorrow, Holly's tempted to steal. And tomorrow, <laughs> um, you know, each one of us are tempted in our own way. The enemy's been prowling around, seeking who he may devour. Not saying I think any of that about any of you, just saying. And you give in. You take the bait. You're choosing that day. This is scary. Who you're serving. You have just given the enemy a foothold. You have just given him permission to grab hold of you. 
And sometimes people get a real stronghold because they feel like they don't have an effect. Oh, that was no big deal because nothing happened. Nobody knows. So then you give in again because the enemy got you once and he's going to try it again and again and again and again until it becomes a stronghold. God doesn't want strongholds on his people whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So he wants us to be free people and he wants our lives to testify of the freedom he purchased for us. The enemy does not have place in our lives unless we give him place. So God was showing me, if I give place to the enemy, and I let him in unknowingly sometimes, but if I was displeasing to God, and somehow he's on my terrain, he's in my territory. Even though I'm trying to cast him out, that thing got a hold of me. And if that happens, you better humble yourself and get prayer of agreement and get that thing bound and broken off of you. Or it, and most people won't get help because they're afraid of saying what they've been dealing with. But if you will, the Bible says any two of you will bind anything on earth and it will be bound in heaven. Will loosen anything on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. You'll be free from it. You won't have to deal with it like you've been dealing with it. You see, the enemy likes to make people feel insecure or, or worried about what people will think if they've been going through stuff. So then he just keeps on attacking and keeps on attacking till they're further and further away from anybody knowing. But really, he's secluding them to be his prey. God doesn't want that for you. The answer is actually exposing the enemy getting prayer, getting that prayer of agreement, binding the enemy, loosing the angels on the scene. Amen? I got in that dream, I got the prayer of agreement, so to say, and, and my sister, and it could be a sister in the Lord, God has shown me, tore me free. And then I was able to walk, you know, with liberty and, and, and whatever. That's what God wants for us. And so we need to realize when we choose to not obey God, we're actually choosing who, who we're serving that day. That kind of just amazed me when I kind of was meditating on that scripture and reading it today, um, yesterday. So you mean if I'm choosing to disobey you, God, I'm choosing who I'm serving that day? He says, who, which, if you're not choosing to serve God, then which God are you choosing to serve? <laughs> Because that's the one you're giving a foothold to. And that's the one who's going to keep on secluding you, secluding you, secluding you until he just gets that stronghold. The enemy wants to take us down. He's jealous of us. But God doesn't want us to live in bondage. He does not want us to live in strongholds. He does not want us to live always tripping up because the enemy has a foothold. It's hard to walk this life for the Lord like this. He wants us to be free in Christ Jesus. For he purchased our freedom over 2,000 years ago. Any two of you binding anything on earth will be bound in heaven. Let's stay in the protection of God. 
Let's stay in that secret place of the Most High God by not giving place to the enemy. It's not a little thing. We've got to have not fear of the devil, but we've got to have the fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is like, I would rather be free than live like that. I would rather be free than deal with that headache of always trying to resist and shake free from that thing. How about just stay free and stay in the, you know, living, pleasing God? How about just stay protected instead of always having to have the enemy lurking around to test you, tempt you? Amen. The Lord showed me a situation through a dream another time where um, where somebody gave permission. And it wasn't even like they were the ones sinning. But they just were in a situation kind of like that bad company corrupts good manners kind of situation. Just in a situation where maybe there was evil around, but by being in that place, it gave the enemy permission. And the Lord showed me somebody who, I mean, this is years later, they were so um, dealing with stuff, and the Lord showed me through a dream that it started there. It started with a simple giving the enemy place, giving the enemy a little foothold. And sometimes people can deal with stuff for years and years and even try to get prayer and even try to get uh, free from things. And unless God shows them the source of where it started so that they can renounce the work of the enemy, renounce giving place to the enemy, until sometimes that happens, they'll still just always deal with that stronghold, always trying to get, you know, walk free and trying so hard. God doesn't want us to have to, like, try so hard because he said his yoke is easy and his burden's light. It should be wonderful to worship God and, and to praise God and to come into his presence. It shouldn't be such a struggle to serve God. But it becomes a struggle when you've got someone hanging on your leg. <laughs> It comes a struggle when, when you're trying to just walk down the hall and some devil's got my arm. God doesn't want us to live like that. So what do we got to do? To stay free, we give no place to the enemy. We live to please God. But if you already know that you've got some kind of stronghold or some kind of foothold, first of all, go ahead and ask the Lord, where did that start? So I can renounce it. So I can repent from giving the enemy any place. Some of us know exactly what it is. But sometimes it's something like what I said. You didn't know the source. Renounce it, God said. Renounce the work of the enemy. Renounce giving place to the enemy. And then any two of you binding anything on earth, it'll be bound in heaven. How many of you believe God's word is true? Amen. I'm trying to figure out um, how God wants to do this, but I believe that God wants to just 
set some captives free, amen? You know, we can love God, we can serve God, we can love him with all of our heart, but still be struggling with some things, maybe some things that you dealt with 20 years now. 20 years ago you gave place and you don't know why in the world are you still dealing with this thing. It's because 20 years ago you gave place and you never renounced the work of the enemy. You never renounced partaking. You might have asked God to forgive you, but you never shut the door. You gave him legal permission to come in. I didn't like somebody in my office that didn't belong there, and they couldn't come in there unless I had let them in there somehow. So we got to uninvite them and renounce them ever coming in. So I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit how to pray here. And then um, I believe that God's, I'm just going to say it right now, God's going to show you where those strongholds, where those temptations started or whatever. And I want you just between you and God to renounce giving the enemy permission. So let's just say, um, I'm just trying to think something. Let's just say when I was a teenager, you know, I have a real, let's say I have a real problem with gossiping. I really partake in it. Uh, Whenever I hear a little juicy nugget, I get it right in there. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not like that, but I'm just saying, say that's my issue. And God shows me when I was 17 and I was at a girlfriend's house and she started talking and I really partook, that's when it got a hold of me. And then God wants me to renounce that, ask for him for forgiveness for that specific thing. Because sometimes something like that you wouldn't even repent of because you didn't think anything at that time. So I'm going to renounce that, ask God to forgive me, and I'm going to shut the door on the enemy and command. The Bible says resist the enemy and he will flee from you. The thing is, sometimes it's something simple like that. It's, it's, a, it's a permission, a legal right that the enemy has to be there that we didn't realize because we were doing something that was displeasing to God that we didn't necessarily think of as sin because it wasn't smoking, it wasn't drinking, you know. We didn't think it was sin. And I'm not trying to tell you to think something up, but I believe that God's going to plop it in your spirit. He's going to reveal to you, if you've been dealing with something, he, if you ask him, he says, Ask and you will receive. So I believe that if we ask, if you're dealing with some stuff, you're dealing with temptations in an area, you're dealing with strongholds from your past or whatever, we're going to ask God to reveal to us, where did that start? Where's the source of it, Lord? Why do I always get angry? Why do I always get irritated? Where did that start? It could be because somebody was treating you bad, maybe a parent, whatever. Way when you were a child. And you just never got rid of that anger. Well, God will show you that one time where you gave place, where you gave permission, where the devil got a foothold. You're going to renounce that. God's setting some people free already. You're going to renounce that. And you're going to shut the door on the enemy. And now you're going to specifically say, in the name of Jesus, I resist you, devil, and I command you to flee from me now. And from this point, make sure you do what we taught tonight, not giving the enemy place. But if you still feel after tonight that there's some kind of stronghold, do what my dream God showed me in the dream, which was pretty much the keys of the kingdom. Come together in agreement with somebody. Ask somebody who you know can believe God with you and come together in agreement and pray and bind the enemy. Because any two of you bind anything on earth will be bound in heaven. Any two of you loose anything on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
One can put a thousand a flight, two, ten thousand a flight. There's power in numbers, there's power in prayer. Amen. How many of you believe this is true? Amen. So I believe that God's going to set, set you free. I believe that you're going to walk in liberty more than you realize is possible. Amen. Because I know you are all very faithful. You're, you know, Wednesday night comers, they're really hungry. <laughs> you know, coming at two degrees, you're hungrier than hungry. To live to please God. So why not ask God, Lord, expose where the enemy got in. He's the spirit of truth. He will show us. Father, I just thank you. I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That you died on the cross over 2,000 years ago. You shed your blood, Lord, to purchase our freedom. I just thank you, Lord, for your presence right now. You put a little music on. I just thank you, Lord, for your presence right now, filling this room. Father, I ask you right now, by your Holy Spirit, to reveal to each individual, Lord, if they've been dealing with any kind of stronghold, any kind of foothold, or any kind of attacks of the enemy, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, for the spirit of revelation to be released, the spirit of truth to be released. Holy Spirit, I welcome you right now. I ask you to reveal to us. Now don't make anything up, but if he plops it in your spirit, then do what I said. Holy Spirit, reveal to us when that thing started. Reveal to us that time, that location, and how that started so that we can be free, so that we can renounce the work of the enemy. Right now, Father, I thank you. You're the revealer, the truth, spirit of truth. Reveal to us the tactics of the enemy as we watch in the spirit right now and pray. Reveal to us, Holy Spirit, how the enemy got permission. And now as he shows you just Say, I renounce that. I repent of giving the enemy place. Lord, I repent and I ask for your forgiveness for being partakers in, in these worthless deeds of evil. I repent, Lord. Show me where I displeased you, God, so I can shut the door on the enemy, where I can, so I can resist the enemy, so I can renounce partaking in the work of the enemy and renounce it and repent and command and resist the devil in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, and he, he doesn't lie, and he will flee from you. Father, I just pray that every stronghold would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Every captive would be released right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every foothold would be loosed in Jesus' name. Some people are even dealing with sickness and infirmity. I mean, I'm talking like disease. Ask the Lord to show you where that got in. That's an attack of the enemy. And sometimes it's fear, you know. Lord, show us where that got in, Lord, so that we can 
Renounce the work of the enemy and resist him and command him to flee in Jesus' name. Only he can show you. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You're no respecter of persons and, and things that you've showed me have just amazed me. And I just thank you that you died, Jesus, not just to set me free or not just to reveal to me the tactics of the enemy, but you died to set us all free so that we could all live in freedom and liberty. Don't make excuses. It's not going to do you any good. Don't say, well, that was a long time ago. That's over. If God's revealing it to you, just go ahead and repent of it. Go ahead and renounce it. It's not going to do you any harm. It's going to do you good. <laughs> and resist it. Let it have no place anymore. every form of, of attack, every form of stronghold, every form of a foothold. Thank you for freedom, Jesus. Hallelujah. that the enemy has to pack his bags. He has to move out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Any two of us bind anything on earth will be bound in heaven. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we just take authority over every attack of the enemy. We bind anything that got in through, through us um, being ignorant or through us giving any place to the enemy right now from, from the time of conception even until now. Right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we just renounce every work of the enemy, any single thing that we were involved in that displeased God right now, Lord. We just renounce being involved in that right now in the name of Jesus Christ and we just resist you, devil. We command you to move on out of our hearts, out of our lives right now, out of our homes, our families in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ. Pack your bags and move out and don't return in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you for your forgiveness. We ask you to cleanse us from any form of unrighteousness and displeasing to you, Lord. Cleanse us right now. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to purge us and refill us afresh with your Spirit. <laughs> 